Hi, and welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host of our wild and wacky journey here. Um, I wanted to check in first with a couple little announcements slash updates. Um, I am getting ready to host some retreats. And I've been doing this for the last few years, since 2017, actually. And what those retreats look like is a step outside of your usual, a chance to really, like, uh, exhale and get some space. And if your life has been anything like mine these last few years, there's just been one disruption after another disruption after another disruption. And the way that I imagine that the retreats that I host are, are their intentional disruptions. They are the disruption that you choose. Um, it's the time that you take for yourself on purpose, not because uh, you're quarantining. It's time for you. And it's also probably, probably like about time. You know, that's how I feel when I ever go to do any of my own work is like, you know, what? it's about time. It's about time that I uh, looked into that. It's about time I took care of that. It's about time. It's my time. And so there's two different retreat options this year. I would encourage you, please always feel free, reach out. I would happily tell you about them. Or there's other been other podcast episodes I've done with people that have attended um, where they share their experience. And it's kind of fun to hear um, my intention and then their perception. It's, it's really neat to be like, oh, that's how it landed. Um, but the two different retreats, there's going to be one version in Orange County and one version in Joshua Tree. So weekends has been the retreat that I have been hosting for these last few years. And it is everything that I like wish people had when they began their uh, wellness journey. It's a, a really solid overview of the way in which our patterns um, are initiated. And by patterns, I mean, we'll get into that further in this episode, but the personal patterns, the way that we write ourselves into our own story, the way that we understand our family dynamics, the role in which we think we play, the, how others see us playing that role. It's the dynamics, it's the ruts, it's um, the family culture, it's the societal culture. It's, it's the huge whole bird's eye perspective. Um, we use a variety of individual and group experiences, letters and um, extra like experiential exercises to move out of the self-script. And so self-script is kind of like when, it's like the subconscious way that we talk about everything. Like, oh, you know how it is. And we expect people to know what that means. Like, oh, well, you know, mom, right? <laughs> well, you know, dad. And we just have this built-in fixed idea of mom, dad, and what that means. And so our, our hope is to move into a little bit more like fluidity of understanding how we understand that role, how that role got there, how we participate in sustaining it and so forth. Uh, so that's what takes place in Orange County. It is a way for you to understand how you got here and how to support you initiating your own change and establishing your own core beliefs that actually serve you and that you get to decide on. So please check that out, Orange County.
two weekend opportunities this year for that. Um, the other retreat is one in Joshua Tree. That is a retreat that has kind of that has come out of this last year for me, my own like journey where I've been um, pushing the different types of work for myself. And the a lot of times, like I was, I feel like I'm just kind of following my own. Uh, I don't even say it. Like I'm, hey, do you remember those adventure books as a kid where it was like, choose your own adventure. And so the story starts off a certain way and then it's like, skip to page 68 if you want Ralphie <laughs> to go home with Jimmy <laughs> or skip to page, you know, 47 if he goes with Susie instead. And, and you know, there's like these choose your own adventure options and I feel as like, as I keep doing that for myself, like, I want to check this out. I want to try this. I want to try that. And when I discover something that sticks or that feels like it's applicable to other people, or it feels like that's it, it's exactly what I have been after, or that was something that has been influential for me, then I want to create something, another way for others to participate in it too. So long-winded way of saying that the retreat in Joshua Tree is going to be something very different than the regular weekends. Um, it is getting deeper into our understanding of essential belonging, of innate inner wisdom. It's understanding the role of art within humanity. You do not need to be an artist to come. <laughs> Um, the, it's, yeah, I'll have more language for it. I'll keep sitting with it and figuring out ways to, to talk about it, but we'll be using a lot of like desert landscape and what's offered to us, um, when we get out of our typical space and we yeah, would love for you to check all that out. So anyway, check it out retreats this year, 2022, I'm only doing four. So if it's something that you're interested in, or you've had on your like bucket list for a while, um, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to have you. Where we're going today is into this concept around story. So we, and myself included, have talked a lot about story here. Um, we see it a lot in social media, depending on who you follow. <laughs> but even with Brene Brown and her research in the way that in which we see it, the way which we th see things, how we understand story. And so I want us to kind of use our own life, our each individual life as our research for a moment. And so when you think about your life, and if I asked you to write me that story, write me the story of your life. I mean, obviously that would take some time, <laughs> clearly, because I'm still working on a, on a book of my life I started in 2020. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe a, a Reader's Digest, maybe, maybe just the the main characters, the setting, you know, the plot, you know, what happened, what happened next, what happened after that. And just kind of give me the rundown of your life. And I would ask you for themes. What's the theme here? What's the main struggle that the protagonist faces? Um, who was a guide or a resource for you along the way? Um, where did things go wrong? You know, where is that like all is lost moment where like, ah, everything's going to shit, you know? What happened then? What did the protagonist do? 
you know, we'd want to follow the theme of your life, like an, like a movie. And what can happen for us is we're pretty quick to engage writing or scripting in characters and assigning them personalities, assigning them, even remembering certain moments to be like, if I said, tell me about your dad, right? You'd be like, oh, he's like this. He's kind of like a John Wayne character. Or he was, um, he's kind of like that guy from that movie like this. Like you'd give me an association for me, for me to be able to understand what he was like. And then you might even give me some evidence, some supporting details to tell me, oh, well, there was this one time in third grade when this happened. Or, you know, he, when we get home from school or when he got home from work, it was like this. And we don't say every moment, right? That would be a very long movie. But we just say the ones that feel like quintessentially the moment that defines that person. So what I want to suggest for us today is that we're pretty committed to the way we see things. We're committed to the way we see it. I'm committed to my version of the story. I'm committed to the fact that my childhood went down a certain way. I'm committed to like this happened, then this happened, and then I felt this way, then he did this, and then she did this, and then I did this, okay? So I want you to run that through your own story, obviously with specifics, but what are you committed to when you think about keeping people in their roles or keeping yourself in a role? What version of your story, the story, are you committed to uh, maintaining? Are you committed to seeing your childhood as idyllic? Are you committed to understanding yourself as martyr? Are you fixated on understanding that things just don't go right for you, but they do for others? Um, are you committed to the idea that uh, you things always bend in your favor. They just do, they work out for you. What themes um, are replicated because of your commitment to them, okay? What, what do you see? What, what's the thing that always happens to you? Does the shoe, the other shoe always drop? Does someone always get hurt? Um, are you always the bad guy? Um, is he always the problem? Is she always too sensitive? Just start paying attention to the script, to the characters in your life. It could be your family of origin. It could be your, fa your nuclear family right now. But what are the commitments there in regards to assigning someone a character and perpetuating that, that character? And the reason I'm choosing this language, you guys, is because um, there is a co-participation in all of this. It's not that your life is just happening to you. You know, you are, are a participant in these relationships and, and in these systems and in these beliefs and in these scripts and words and details, right? Because you're the one telling the story. And so when we think about it, it might be worth our investigation to see if that story still fits. Like, is that still true? Um, it might have been true and real in fifth grade. 
for me? Is that still true and real for me now? Yes, it is true and real that this event did happen in, you know, whatever, 1983. Um, but what what is also true and real now? Is there room for character development? Is there room or an option for the plot to twist? Is there any other way to see it? Is there any other way to see it? Is there any other way or perspective that could offer you another way for you to tell your story? I'm gonna give you a little peace of mind and maybe that will help unlock some things for you, okay? I am familiar with my life, obviously, because I'm the one who's living it. Um, but I've also like been asked about my story. I've um, even like before um, being a therapist, um, being involved like in an evangelical youth group system and being asked to share like a testimony. Mine was a real easy grab because there was a lot of trauma and who doesn't love trauma but Christians? <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad joke, but it's freaking true. Okay, onward. Um, I was asked to share my testimony often because it was an attention grabber, right? Like it's like the one that would be like, oh yeah, all these things happened to that girl. And like, look, she's still here. Give God the glory. Um, that was, the, that's the short of it. So I've been aware of my story. I've been asked to share it. I've been asked to talk about like the hard, painful things. And I could see where I had grown committed to seeing it that way because there's no other way to see it. Fast forward to 2020, I'm like, you know what? I think it might be time to put down all of these different stories into one story called the book. I really wanted to be able to see it in one place. I wanted to be able to see what I could learn from it. I wanted to be able to write it down without judging it, analyzing it, or trying to use it as a self-help project and just commit to it like a journalist would, like just investigating and writing, investigating and writing. And so I've been in that process. Um, I've put it down multiple times and said, I'm just not doing that anymore. And then returned and picked it back up and said, okay, how could I do it differently? How can I do it in a way that feels light? How can I do it in a way that feels like it's like my honor and my right rather than this thing I'm laboring over? Um, in writing out my story, I could see where I was learning to own my perspective like learning to say, this is what happened and to speak the whole truth without trying to take care of other people in the story. Okay, so one of my default roles in my life, my lived experience is checking the room to see if what I'm about to say is okay. Checking the temperature of other people to see if it's all right for me to speak or share or be happy or be sad or whatever it is that's going on for me. And in writing, because no one's in the room but me, there's this feeling of I'm saying things that I haven't and wouldn't normally because I'm afraid of how others are going to feel. I'm afraid of who's implicated, in, you know, in, in telling the truth or sharing about how I see it. So it's been a journey, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and fast forwarding to today. So today I went to equine therapy, which is, you know, horse therapy. 
Google it. Check it out. Um, in equine therapy, because it's obviously working with horses, there's this, it's like a, it's a sense of like projection, right? Like I'm making up what the horse is thinking or feeling, right? And so it's projection. It's like, it's how I'm interpreting the horse's behavior. It's how I'm interpreting or making up this is how this goes, right? Which is why equine to me feels like such an interesting way into a person's psyche because we're seeing the repeated ways in which we interpret behavior, which is what human relationships are. We're constantly interpreting others' behavior, the, what they said, what they meant when they said that, how it made me feel when this happened. And what we do is we tend to interpret through our own script, through the lens of how it's gone for me. So today, um, after I, you know, I sit down and I talk with my therapist about like, hey, here's what's kind of coming up for me today. Here's what's, where I've been. Let me update you um, on, you know, maybe what I'm here to work on. So some like self-abandonment um, theme was showing up pretty readily. And then her work is to help like create an experience or like ask me to engage with the horses. And if this sounds bananas to you, like it just, just go with it, you know? <laughs> um so I walk into like four different horse stalls, pens to like see like, okay, which horse do I want to work with? I walk into one of the horse's um, spaces and he takes one look at me and then literally like turns around and walks the other way. And so that Jess's butt is facing me. And I like quickly was like, oh, okay. And then turned around to go out. And she paused me, like any good therapist would, said, wait, what, what happened right there? And for me, what the way that I interpreted that behavior was like, clearly he walked away. And so he doesn't want to work with me. And again, you guys, this is a horse, okay? So it's not personal, okay? This horse doesn't have feelings about me. Um, and that's the point, is that it allows me to see my script because it's a horse. The horse is not saying, oh, there's Elise. <laughs> okay. So what, what happens in projection is it allows me to see the story that I tell me. And what I tell me is nobody likes me. Here's, look, and there's Mateo the horse here to confirm my belief that I am bad and not even a horse wants to work with me. That's where I was. I'm going to drop into this experience a little bit more because I feel like I'm kind of in jest about it. But um, in a microsecond, as soon as Mateo um, moved the other way, I immediately wanted to turn the other way and remove myself thinking, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mateo, that I even like thought I could come in here. And what that moment allowed for was a moment of realizing that one of my deep set patterns is not wanting to ask too much, um, feeling like I'm too much, especially if I'm in my wound. I, in, when I feel like I'm too much, like in my like zestiness, like, or if I feel like I'm too much when I'm just like in my person, that's like funny or artistic or creative or whatever, I don't, I don't actually feel like I know I'm too much there and in, in a way that like I really embrace. I'm like, yeah, 100%, that's me. But when I feel like I'm too much in my wound, that feels very vulnerable for me. Like, oh, I'm too depressed for someone to help me. I'm um, too fucked up. I'm too 
it's too deep, it's too complex, it's too much. It, there's so much trauma. There's so much complex trauma. I'm like a therapist nightmare. Like I can go on and on with all the ways in which I um, script myself into being like too burdensome. So for whatever it's worth, this happens in a microsecond, right? And my behavior was to turn away from the experience uh, because I felt bad or I felt shame. So therapist walks me through that literally because I'm able to identify that like this is what's going on. Now here's the part I want you to hear. The story that I have been committed to is my badness. The story that I have scripted was that um, he walked away from me. And and some of these experiences, you guys, are also real life experiences with humans, you know, and they're just reinforced when we see a familiar behavior exhibited by someone else, in this case, a horse. But we interpret and experience the familiarity, right, what we know based on real experiences that we've had. So if I had never been abandoned, left, turned away from, then Mateo turning the other way from me would have been like, I don't know, maybe he saw a bug. Maybe there was food over there. Maybe one million other things. Maybe that's normal when some big creature walks into your pen that you're gonna go to the other side and be like, what's going on here? Like there's a zillion infinite reasons why the horse would have moved to the other side. And if I did not have a previous experience in that feeling or making up that feeling, then I would have interpreted the behavior in an absolutely different way. So with that form of curiosity is the sense of if I wasn't so committed to that story, if I wasn't so committed, and and, I, and this is a subconscious commitment, I want you to understand that. I'm not like, I'm gonna try and find my badness in the world. I would like to experience rejection today. Um, I don't, it's not something I go out searching for consciously. It's the subconscious patterning. It's what we bring to the room, to the relationship, to the job, to our own personal homeostasis without even realizing it, okay? It's all the, the, the under the iceberg, under the surface, okay, thing, place. So is there another way to, to see the story? Is there another thing, if I wasn't scripting from what I've experienced, is there another way I could see it? Is there, is there another way I could interpret what was happening? If I wasn't taking it all personally, would it be possible for me to see someone or some horse's behavior or experience as not a direct result of me? Borrow this for a second, run it through your own story, maybe spend some time pen to paper. Are there themes and patterns in which you're so committed that even something as simple as a person looking away from you when you are speaking takes you back into your own story of previous feelings of rejection or talking too much or being too much? What about a stranger? What about someone cutting you off on the freeway? 
What about um, an actual person in your life letting you down? How do you say, oh, that's what always happens to me? You know, what is, what is your pattern? How do you fill in the blank with your, you know, the, that subconscious repetition? How do you fit it back or bend it into your script, right? Because today I, I took non-personal behavior of a horse and I bent it into my paradigm, into my script, that I am bad and, and then I'm left. I'm like left alone. <laughs> okay. I just want, I'm just, I'm just sharing this with you because I want you to hear how laden and our experiences can be when we're not observing them. How easy it would have been for me to confirm my own bias, confirm my own story with the story I'm most familiar with. So what happened next is this. I'm interested in other stories for myself. I'm very interested in playing another role. I am, I'm very tired of that old story. It's like exhausting, which shows me I'm ready for role release, which shows me I'm ready for something different, which shows me that I'm somehow per like perpetuating the story because I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted by it. So it was like, hey, what other reasons, what other storylines are possible here? Maybe Mateo was already in therapy session today. Maybe he's tired. Um, maybe he doesn't care and he's just like moved. Maybe, um, I don't care, pick one. Maybe there was another horse over there he was interested in seeing. Maybe um, I smelled like my dog <laughs> and he doesn't like that. Like there were so many other reasons for the catalyst of his original behavior. My interpretation being more like, oh, just noticing, oh, Mateo's moving over there. Me choosing to stay rather than leave. And already there's a totally different story in place. Already there's a totally different outcome. Mateo turning around and coming back. Or me saying, you know what? Cool, Mateo, see you over there. Um, take some time off, buddy. I'm going to go work with this other horse. And then closing the gate without shame and choosing to start again with the next horse. So I'm just wanting to like show you through that example that um, behavior cha can change and interpretation can change when we're willing to see if there's another potential reason for a, a different storyline, which changes the idea of outcome. I ended up getting to choose two horses, not one, but two, um, and taking them into this pen being able to like unbridle them. And then as soon as we did, they went like running to each other the way that you would imagine it occurs in My Little Pony. And then they literally for many minutes sat there in like this yin yang kind of pattern, nuzzling each other's necks, like grooming each other and just kind of like just horse nuzzling. And as I'm sitting there watching, I was filled with so much like gratitude and joy of this feeling of like, oh, look at that togetherness. I just, I love, I love, I just love watching them, you know, participate and see it, okay? Not even the point, just need you to hear this, okay? <laughs> so then the therapist directs me to um, bridle both the horses and to walk, I'm gonna hold them both and walk between them. 
So I have Journey on my right, who's a male horse, and Spirit on my left, who's a female horse. And I had this super unique, like, in a sensation of like, oh, this is like, this could be what it would have been like to have had nurturing protective parents. Like, whoa, here's like masculine, feminine energy. Like, and I'm small in the center compared to these horses. Like, oh, this is what it would have and could have felt like to feel safe in the pre in this pre in presence like this. Oh, this is what it would have been like to have been nurtured. Like at one point a tractor was going by and they, the horses both got closer to each other and circled me in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wow. So more horse therapy, but more um, an experience of another, another story, right? That another story option for me is I'm nurtured. I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. I'm with others. We are here. Healing is, is an option. There's more than one way to see it. The only story available to me is, or there's not like there's only one storyline available to me, just even though I've lived, what I've lived is true. It's not the only thing that's possible for me. I want us to be willing to see if there's another way to look at it. I want us to be willing to see if there's a little more flexibility in interpreting the story from a different perspective. Could you tell the story from the horse's point of view today? Could you tell the story from your dad's point of view? Could you try to tell the story from your wife's point of view? How, how does she see you? How does she see it? How did it go? What about your kiddos? How do they see the story going? What about your neighbor, your boss? What about your plants in your house? What do they think, right? If you were to give them personalities and voices and accents and they got to tell the story of your week, what would they share? What do they think about you? Right, all of this, it's not any more absurd to imagine what our plant thinks of us than what our parents think of us, okay? It's projection, <laughs> okay? And yes, mixed with experience and story, but it's safe to say that there is a lot of interpretation going on and what we think is happening based on the construct that we have been living in. So those are my thoughts for, for this week and invitation for you to uh, try it on, consider it um, or ditch it, do you know? It's like we're adults. We can we can determine what serves us, what's interesting, and what's not. What what might we want to get curious about, and what are we like? Nah, like that's no. <laughs> what do we take to therapy? What do we write in our journal? What do we talk about with a friend? You get to make all those choices, and this is just one of those. So, if anything, I hope that um, today in this podcast and this time together is just another way to think of things. It's just another way. Even if it's just listening, you know, just listening to someone else, another human out here sharing their experience and uh, letting you know, like, hey, we are all out here trying to figure this thing out, um, sometimes surviving, just surviving, and that's enough also. 
And so may you take with you today um, God, the, the expansiveness of possibility and potential that there's so many ways to live this thing. There's so many ways to see this thing, um, that it's possible for our stories to get different and be different and that we could be the one who tells it differently. I hope you have a beautiful week. I hope you're surprised. If you are interested in joining me this year in retreat, I'd love to have you. All of that information is available on my website, elisesnipes.com. Um, and or if you're interested in getting started in your own therapeutic journey, um, we don't have horses yet, but we'd love to help you. Radicalwellness.co. All right. Cheers, everyone.